0: Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things Spoked B, as well as take a look around the NHL. Today is Tuesday, March 16th. Our Bruins coming off another disappointing loss, this time at the hands of the Pittsburgh Penguins, falling 2-1 Monday night at PPG Paints Arena in the opener of a four-game road trip. We'll get to that here in a moment, but first, let me remind you, the podcast is available anywhere you can get podcasts, so please do hit that subscribe button on whatever app you use. Each new episode will be automatically added to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, particularly if you're an Apple user, that would be very much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, you can find the podcast at LO Boston Bruins. On Instagram, it's at Lockdown Bruins. And you can find me, your host, on both platforms at Ian C. McLaren. Follow me on Twitter for the hockey tweets, dad jokes, and uh, yeah, just basic life update. Today on the show, we'll take a look back at last night's loss because we must. We will look ahead to tonight's rematch and also update the East division power rankings in which the Bruins are certainly sliding. But in all honesty, the Bruins probably deserved a better fate last night. They fired 43 shots on goal, only one of which found the back of the net. And the Bruins were kind of sunk by two very unfortunate goals that were scored on Yaroslav Halak, That kind of sunk the team's confidence and just really uh, made it difficult for them to overcome. Bruce Cassidy said the Bruins generated enough to win the hockey game, but you have to finish, stating the obvious there. More concerned when you don't generate, that means you're not doing the right things to get the opportunities. Continue to generate. There's enough talent in there to get goals. And sure enough, if you look at the game stats, you see that the Bruins had A big advantage when it comes to shot attempts. 59.6% of the total shot attempts in this game were from Bruins' sticks. That's at 5-on-5. In all situations, they had 58.3% of the shot attempts. 62.3% of the total shots. 43.26% advantage there for the Bruins. Scoring chances. A slight advantage to Boston. 52.2% of the scoring chances. When it came to high danger chances, however... It was dead even at 5-5. Uh, five to five. And, of course, the uh, Penguins were able to get the puck past Jaroslav Halak on those couple of uh, wonky shots that should have been stopped, let's be honest. Even Cassidy said that he wasn't good in the first period. He has played a lot of hockey for the Bruins lately, a lot of good hockey, but you have to push back. Uh, Halak has bailed them out. Many times, and it was just a 2-1 game at that point, the Bruins had to show a bit more pushback, which they did not do. Cassidy said where he was disappointed is they got away from their game in the second period. In terms of playing forward against a team that can really uh, skate. Brad Marshan said it feels like every mistake is going into the net. That just means they've got to clean up their game a little bit. When things aren't going well, you're not scoring the way you want. You almost have to play mistake-free hockey. He thought they had a much better effort last night than they did on Saturday against the Rangers. If they play like that again tonight, they should have a much better result. Uh, but again, only Matt Grizzlick was able to find the back of the net, and there were some troubling trends overall for the Bruins that continued. I speak particularly of Charlie Coyle, who is in the first year of a five-year, 5.25 million AAV contract. He's gone five games without a point, and not only that, he's gone five games without a single shot on net, uh, which is just unacceptable for a player who's counted on for that depth scoring and for a guy who could very well step into the second-line center spot next season if... Uh, David Krejci is not retained. Sean Corrales was the only other forward not to record a shot for the Bruins. Uh, Brad Marchand led the way with six. David Pasternak with five. Uh, Craig Smith had four shots on goal, but his goal drought continued. I believe he scored once in the last nine games. Uh, Matt Grizzlik actually led the way for the team with eight shots on goal. He had the lone goal on the power play. Looked very good. Uh, coming back from that injury a few games ago really seems to have found his stride. And the Bruins do rely on him heavily on the back end. But, uh, you know, they also have injuries to key other players like Jeremy Lozon or Brandon Carlo. But there's no excuse. Uh, even if you have a third pairing of Jared Tenorti and Steven Kamfer, uh there's no excuse not to be shooting the puck more regularly. And that's not even good enough. It's creating those high danger chances uh, you can shoot the puck from the point, from you know the circles. It's those dirty areas where the Bruins need to get into in order to score some goals. Now, Jaroslav Halak has started four straight games, and Cassidy confirmed that either Dan Vlader or Jeremy Swayman will make their first NHL start on Tuesday night. Tuka Rask remains uh, sidelined with an undisclosed injury. He's been skating with the taxi squad and we'll get an update uh, later on here on Tuesday morning as to who is going to get the start uh, there could be some other changes as well Carson Kuhlman and Steve Campher were inserted into the lineup on Monday uh, in search of a spark Jake DeBrusque returned from a one-game absence due to COVID-19 protocols Cassidy said he thought DeBrusque had some jump second effort that's what they want he had a chance with a shorthanded breakaway when the team was down 3-1, and that would have given the team a big lift. Obviously, Kuhlman had some good energy going. He usually does bring that speed, but if I'm being 100% honest, I don't really see much from him that warrants um, extended playing time for the Bruins. The one positive, I thought, was the play of Matt Grizzlick. Like I said, he had eight shots on goal put the Bruins on the board early on. He said he feels pretty confident. His legs are there. He's a much better player when he's able to skate and make quick plays up to the forwards, let them go to work down low. Uh, He wants to have more of that mentality. You're not going to score every game, but I think it creates a lot of havoc down low when you can just, yeah, get the puck towards the front of the net. And, you know, like I said, he and McAvoy were pretty much... The strongest part of Boston's game last night. That defensive pairing really working out nicely. And, you know, the Bruins have uh, a great top pair. They have an amazing top line. When Tugarask is healthy, they have an elite goalie. Uh, But after that, there's a lot of question marks that Don Sweeney has to answer for. And even Bruce Cassidy, I think. I don't think he can be let off the hook. It's clear that he is a genius coach when it comes to defensive systems he's been able to help the Bruins navigate this transition from Torrey Krug and Zdeno Chara. and when all six of the defensemen that they had penciled in to start the season were in the lineup you know there was a lot to be uh, proud of there to be honest but offensively there's just not a lot of creativity there and just doesn't seem to be that inspiration there for the players. Um, and that's definitely a source of concern so we'll see here later if there are any changes to the lineup Uh, oscar Steen, jack sean were called up so perhaps they're inserted into the lineup to give a bit of a spark but we'll update that here after the morning skate before we move on to the east division power rankings let's talk for a moment about rock auto they're a family-owned business and they've been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for hundreds of auto and body parts from a bunch of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications and prices you prefer best of all their prices are always reliably low and the same for pros as well as do-it-yourselfers go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Alright, on Tuesdays here on Locked on Bruins, we update the East division power rankings we will go from the bottom to the top. And at the bottom, no question, it's the Buffalo Sabres. Just an awful hockey team at the moment. Now, in fairness, they did have a long and pretty significant fight with COVID-19 through the roster. Uh, But still, it doesn't look as though they're quite ready to be all that competitive in the NHL. I even saw the local power rankings in Buffalo. They put them 32nd below Seattle, who has yet to play a game. They're 6-17-4, 296 uh, point percentage, which is dead last in the NHL. Their goal differential of minus 36 is second only to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, They've lost, I believe, nine in a row. They've been outscored 47-7 to over that span. And uh, Taylor Hall looks pretty silly for uh, choosing the Buffalo Sabres in free agency. Uh, Thankfully, it's only a one-year deal for him, and he should be able to get out of that. Um, I don't know. He could be even traded prior to the deadline. Wink, wink, Don Sweeney. Although, I don't know if you want to bring him in at this time either. In 7th this week, another team that was hit hard by COVID, the New Jersey Devils. They're 8-13-4, a 400-point percentage, a minus-20 goal differential. They're 1-7-2 over their last 10 games. Their only win, of course, coming against our Boston Bruins, a shutout uh, by Scott Wedgwood, so that's kind of embarrassing. Uh, Going back to the Sabres, the Bruins do play them twice this week after tonight's game against Pittsburgh, so... If you're not yet in panic mode with the Bruins, then dropping points to the Sabers uh, should definitely do it. But yeah, the Devils, clearly the seventh-place team, minus 20 goal differential, like I said, one seven and two in their last 10, and any hopes of challenging for a playoff spot are definitely gone at this point in sixth place we have the new york rangers they're 11 12 and 4 26 points a 481 point percentage and an even zero goal differential i had expected a bit more from this team this year of course artemi panarin was away for this mysterious uh, political reasons and he is back now he played against the bruins over the weekend it was instrumental in that win So, you know, if they had had a full complement of players all season, uh, then they should have uh, been more in playoff contention, I think. They are a team on the rise, as is New Jersey, for that matter. Um, But right now, the Rangers definitely on the outside looking in. They've been hit with some COVID issues as well and just haven't been able to put it all together this season. But I do expect them to be a pretty strong team moving forward. Now, that leaves five teams In playoff contention in this division, the four playoff seeds will be decided by these five teams. Right now, in fifth place, I'm putting the Philadelphia Flyers. They're 14, 9, and 3. They have 31 points, a 596-point percentage. Their goal differential is only at plus one. And as I've been saying all season, their underlying numbers are not great at all. Right now, 5-on-5 in terms of shot attempt differential, they are, uh, well, they've actually improved a bit. They're 20th in the NHL right now with 48.8, so that means put all the shot attempts taken and given up over the course of the season in 5-on-5 play in their games, and they have 48.8% of those attempts. When it comes to expected goals, that looks at not only shot attempts, but shot quality, they rank 22nd at 48.18. So while they're still clinging to some playoff aspirations, uh, underlying that, they don't really seem like that strong of a team at the moment. Which is good news for our fourth place, Boston Bruins. They're 14-8-4. They have 32 points, just one ahead of the Philadelphia Flyers. A six fifteen point percentage, plus 7 goal differential. And Boston's underlying numbers are are a bit stronger, at least when it comes to shot attempt differential. The Bruins rank 4th in the NHL at 5-on-5, 52.86. But again, it's not just about the number of shot attempts you're making, but the quality of those attempts. And when it comes to expected goals, the Bruins are at 49.82 at 5-on-5. They also have a 6.56 shooting percentage, which is... Uh, ranked 29th in the NHL. So again, if this team could get some scoring 5-on-5, they would be in a much better position. But right now, it's just not coming, and unless that's rectified, then they could allow the Flyers to sneak back into the picture. But right now, the Bruins still look like a playoff team, albeit one that would definitely struggle to beat the New York Islanders in a seven-game series. Third place, putting the Pittsburgh Penguins... They're 18-9-1, 37 points, 661 point percentage, a plus 13 goal differential, uh, which was boosted, of course, last night by a win over the Boston Bruins. Their expected goals, a bit weaker than the Bruins, to be honest. The Bruins, like I said, 49.82, Penguins at 48.71. So, again, the Bruins, they are behind... The Penguins now by five points in the standings. The Bruins do have two games in hand and are playing kind of marginally better than the Penguins, so they are there for the taking as well. However, Washington and the Islanders seem to be positioning themselves as the top two teams in the division without question. Washington, 18-6-4. They have 40 points, 7-14 point percentage, a plus-13 goal differential, 9-1 over their last 10. In terms of expected goals, uh, they are just a touch better than the Bruins at 50.48, and the Islanders 19 six and four for 42 points, a plus 22 goal differential. They're nine 0 and one in their last 10. Their underlying numbers are very strong. They have a 54.04 expected goals, and you know this team I expected or had thought was built. on smoke and mirrors over the last few seasons, but they are really proving to be a force in the East and can no longer be thought of as you know, in line for regression or playing above their station. They are a very solid team all over the ice, and at the moment, it's backed up by the underlying numbers. Where the Bruins can capitalize is on the Penguins and the Capitals, whose possession numbers aren't as strong but again, without that five on five scoring boost, uh, the Bruins could be destined to either fight Philly off for that fourth playoff spot or, yeah, not really be able to do much in the playoffs once they get there. Perhaps I'm being a bit pessimistic, um, and we have seen what these Bruins can do with the full complement of players, and hopefully they can re- regain that confidence. Moving forward and beginning tonight in the uh, rematch against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, to recap, Islanders, Capitals, Penguins, Bruins for the top four, and then we have the Flyers, Rangers, and then the Devils and Sabres well down in the division. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Baseball's around the corner. It's also award season, and they have you covered there as well, with real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up. Head to their website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline your online sportsbook experts. We've been talking about Built Bar quite a bit here on Locked On Network. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, covered in 100% chocolate, but great for the health conscious person. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is best during Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut almond Versus Peanut Butter Brownie. I can say I know who I'll be voting for in this one, but it's up to you as to where you want to place your bets. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That's 15% off your next order of Built Bars by using promo code LOCKED15. Tuesdays on Locked on NHL, it's all about the East Coast bias, as Locked on Sabres host Joe DiBiase and Mike DeStefano of Locked on Leafs take a look at the biggest stories in the Eastern Conference. Locked on NHL is the place to be for Eastern Conference intel every Tuesday. Subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get podcasts. Okay, so quick update from Pittsburgh. Uh, Bruce Cassidy held his daily media Zoom availability here. Uh, just before lunch on Tuesday, and he confirmed a couple lineup changes. First of all, Dan Vladar will make his first NHL start for the Boston Bruins. You'll recall that he did see some action in the bubble in relief of Yaroslav Halak, kind of thrown into the fire against the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, you know, was not very pretty, but he is a very talented goalie third round pick, 75th overall back in 2015. So far this season with the Providence Bruins, he's posted a record of 2-2 and 1 with a 923 save percentage. The other option, of course, was Jeremy Swayman. He has been equally impressive with the Providence Bruins, uh, posting a perfect 7-0 record with a 942 save percentage. He was a fourth round pick in 2017. Could be the better of the two down the road, but Cassidy said the decision came down to kind of experience, uh, a lot of consultation with the goaltending team, and they ultimately decided to go with Vladar, not a comment on you know the long-term prospects of either, and not even necessarily the goalie that gives them the best chance to win. That could still very well be Yaroslav Halak, but he's played so much recently that, you know, they felt the need to go with one of the youngsters. Perhaps it would have been better to start them in the first game of this back-to-back. There's perhaps a bit more pressure after having lost the first of a back-to-back, and now you're facing not a must-win situation, but you know you don't want to lose both. Um, so yeah, Dan Vladar getting the call. The other roster note that Bruce Cassidy made was. Oscar Steen will make his NHL debut. He will skate on the third line with Nick Ritchie and uh, Charlie Coyle. He has played 12 games for the Providence Bruins this season, three goals, five assists for eight points. He's coming off uh, 60 games with the Bruins AHL team last season, in which he scored seven goals and added 16 assists for 23 points. So, upward trajectory in his development there a sixth round pick back in 2016 he will become just the fifth player from that round that year to make their nhl debuts very speedy winger he can bring some skill to the mix and hopefully uh, that will shake things up for the bruins forward core as well so that means the first line will remain together second line of dubrus crechey smith and a fourth line of Frederick, Corrali, and Kuhlman. So that right side between Kuhlman and Steen, now pretty loaded with with speed, and hopefully they can make some uh, inroads in terms of getting pucks to the net and creating some scoring chances. Tuka Rask skated again today. He's trending well. He could play in one of the two games coming up against the Sabres. Kevin Miller skating back in Boston. He could soon be returning. Carlo hasn't skated, but has done some off-ice training. Kasha continues to skate on his own. John Moore out with a lower body injury. Those are the injury updates that uh, Cassidy had to make. He asked if he was forgetting anyone. I yelled out, submission, but of course it was muted. Could not answer that. Um, So hopefully he's back again soon. Andres Bjork, I should add, is the odd man out with Steen coming in. Might not have been my choice for the guy to go out, but uh, that's that's how it is at the moment. And that pretty much does it for today's episode of Locked on Boston Bruins. I should mention that I have started watching the Beartown series on HBO. It's an HBO Europe production, meaning it was filmed in Sweden, where the fictional town of you know, Beartown is. Um, it's a very good watch so far. There is a very tough scene near the end of... Uh, episode two if you've read the book you know what i'm referring to but you know hockey wise pretty quality keep in mind it's a youth team so it's not you know pros playing but um those scenes are very good it's beautifully shot and i'm excited to see the last three episodes there are only five total like i said i've watched the first two and uh, could not be happier with how it has turned out so far. And I I do recommend, A, I'd recommend reading the book because the book is a lot more layered than the show, Uh, but the show is a good representation of the story, of hockey culture, and uh, I really am enjoying it so far. So, I mean, if, uh, you know, the Bruins are (laughs) putting a bad performance again tonight, you can jump on that, but you can also... Uh, of course, save it for tomorrow night or an off night. Anyways, yeah, thanks so much for taking some time to listen today. A couple NHL debuts, or regular season debuts at least, to be excited about tonight. We'll see how Vladar can hang with the Penguins and if Oscar Steen can make an impression. And uh, yeah, hope for the best. I would like to see at least a couple goals here to get the team going. That would be ideal. Hope you are all having a great Tuesday and we will be back tomorrow with a mailbag episode as well as a recap of tonight's game and looking ahead to hopefully some better days coming up here against a lowly Buffalo Sabres team. Take care of yourselves, friends. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.